Remain standing for the reading of today's gospel lesson from St. Mark's Gospel, the second chapter. I'm sorry, it's not, it's Matthew 2, I'm sorry. Matthew's Gospel, Matthew 2, beginning with the first verse. Now after Jesus was born in Bethlehem and of Judea in the days of Herod the king, behold, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem, saying, Where is he who has been born king of the Jews? For we saw his star when it rose, and have come to worship him. When Herod the king heard this, he was troubled, and all Jerusalem with him. And assembling all the chief priests and scribes, the people, he inquired of them where the Christ was to be born, for they told him, And Bethlehem of Judea, for so it is written by the prophets. And you, O Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah. For from you shall come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. Then Herod summoned the wise men secretly and ascertained from them what time the star had appeared. And he sent them to Bethlehem, saying, Go and search diligently for the child, and when you have found him, bring me word that I too may come and worship him. After listening to the king, they went on their way, and behold, the star that they had seen when it rose went before them until it came to rest over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they rejoiced exceedingly with great joy. And going into the house, they saw the child with Mary, his mother, and they fell down and worshipped him. Then, opening their treasures, they offered him gifts, gold and frankincense and myrrh. And being warned in a dream not to return to Herod, they departed to their own country by another way. The Gospel of the Lord. And you may be seated. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we come before you today. We thank you that you have made known, you have uh, revealed the truth of who you are, not only to wise men in the East, but Heavenly Father, you have made your truth known to us. And Heavenly Father, you are using us to reveal the gospel to other people. So make us a people that are at great peace with you, that are at peace in the gospel, so that we truly can leave this place with peace, knowing that we are saved, so that we can share this message with the world. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, this is Epiphany Sunday. Uh, this, this actually is, is a festival that's been celebrated uh, by the church for uh, since really the beginning. Um, for most of the, the existence of the church, Epiphany actually was a bigger festival than Christmas. And this is the festival in which we remember that Christ is revealed not only to the Jews, but also to all nations, to all people. The door is open and all can come in and all can be saved. Now I want you to imagine today in your mind's eye, imagine a door, a door leading into a land that, that fulfills humanity's deepest longing. So imagine this door, and, and to enter through this door is, a, is to enter into a land of absolute healing, of peace, 
of joy, of love, and of salvation. A land that lasts for all of eternity. So imagine there is this door, and, but then imagine this. The door is closed to you. Actually, knowledge of the door is, uh, is not revealed to you. Only one race has access. Only one people group upon the earth can enter, and to everyone else it has not been revealed, it has not been made known. The epiphany has not come to them that there is a door through which they can enter into everlasting life. This is the way it was. Only the Jewish people possessed knowledge of the door, this door leading to salvation, eternal life, a land of joy, of peace, of healing, of love, and of salvation that lasts for eternity. And even Jesus said this, he said this to a foreign woman. He said this to a Samaritan woman as he went to a well. He said to the woman at the well who was not a Jew but was a Samaritan despised by the Jews, Jesus said, you worship what you do not know. And we worship what we know for salvation is from the Jews. What is Epiphany about? Epiphany is the revealing. The door is open through Jesus Christ. All can enter in. All can know. And all can be saved. So when Jesus came, the door was unlocked. The door was open to all people, people of every ethnicity. Through, the door, the, the, through Jesus, the door was open to Samaritans, to, to Greeks to Africans, to Asians, to every ethnicity that you can count upon the earth, the door was open wide, revealed, so that all could enter in and be saved. Today, if anyone is shut out, it's of their own choosing. It's because they have made the choice to reject Jesus. The whole season of Epiphany shows us who Jesus is and why Jesus came. The Epiphany begins with magi, mysterious men from Persia, having the reality of Jesus revealed to them through the light of a star. And they follow the star, they follow the light, and the light rests above where Jesus and Mary and Joseph, the Holy Family, were residing at that time. And they enter in, and they worship Jesus, and they lay their gifts before him. In the account of the Magi from the East, we see that Christ was revealed not only to the Jews, but to the nations. 
in our first lesson today. This lesson was also chosen by those, whoever those people are, who choose our readings from week to week. Beautiful passage, which is very appropriate for this Feast of Epiphany. We learned that Paul was chosen by God. This Jewish man was chosen by God to make known, to, to reveal the mystery of the gospel to the Gentiles. So as Paul went and as he preached, there was an epiphany to those that heard the message. And they heard the good news of Jesus Christ. And Paul primarily went to who? He went to the Gentiles. He traveled the world proclaiming this message of the mystery of the gospel. So I ask this question, are we called? Are we called to reveal Christ to others? Is this epiphany just uh, one day out of the year, January 6th of each calendar year? Or is epiphany really to be a daily, a daily celebration for us as believers in our witness to a world that knows nothing about Jesus. That we too would go into the world and make Christ known. That the Holy Spirit would open minds and hearts to the good news. Are we called to point others to Jesus? Are we called to say there is a door? And if any man enters... By him he will be saved and will go in and out and find pasture. Are we called to continue and to live out this epiphany in our lives? Absolutely. I ask this question, are there people in our community who do not know Jesus? You know the answer to that question. Absolutely. Are there people in our community who have never heard the name of Jesus? There are. I've met them. Are the ethnicities of the earth coming to your neighborhood? Think of your neighborhood 30 years ago, if you can remember 30 years ago, and think of your neighborhood today. Has it changed? The nations are coming to us. Never before, as far as I know, in the history of the world has there been a time and an opportunity like this with the nations actually coming to us so that we can share with them and make known to them Jesus. I believe it's easier today than it's ever been before to proclaim the gospel. And even to bring the gospel around the world. All you need to do is meet your neighbor. Have you met your neighbor? All you have to do is, is meet the person who works at the grocery store or the person who serves you a hamburger. All you have to do is say, what's your name? Get to know them. Pray for them by name. Even before you leave the restaurant or leave the store, make sure you have prayed for them and then return 
continue the conversation. I'm not saying that you need to stop and preach to them while they're trying to do their job. That's counterproductive. But get to know your neighbors. I've had opportunity to get to know people in our community that don't even speak my language. Did you know that your phone is, I know that we're not supposed to uh, become tech savvy or uh, we're to get rid of our gadgets or whatever, or at least use them less. <laughs> but there, there is a gadget called uh, Google Translator and you can actually talk into it and it will translate it into the languages of the nations and you can carry on conversations with people. And uh, you don't even have to know their language to talk to them. Learn their name, pray for them, show an interest in them, build a friendship so that the door may be opened to share Christ. And another thing about technology is this, and, and a good friend of mine who attends our church uh, told me this. You get to know them and you reveal Christ to them they're connected to technology, and their technology uh, goes around the world to various countries. So what do they do? They get on uh, Skype or um, the, uh, the iPhone uh, FaceTime thing or whatever it's called. And they can then have conversations with their friends and family around the world then sharing the gospel in turn with them. Bringing the gospel to areas which even are untouched, where Jesus is not known. What an opportunity we have right here in Linwood, Washington. What an opportunity. The door of salvation through faith in Jesus Christ is open to every ethnicity of the world. Ephesians 3.6, the mystery is this. It is this, that the Gentiles are fellow heirs. Who here is a Gentile? I think almost all of us are Gentiles. We too are fellow heirs. We are not of the nation of Israel, but we are fellow heirs, members of the same body and partakers of the promise in Christ Jesus through the gospel. So I would say this, Epiphany Sunday could also be called Evangelism Sunday or Mission Sunday. Because this is all about Jesus being revealed to the nations. The door is open both to the Jew and to you and I who are Gentiles. Healing, peace, joy, love, eternal salvation. The door is open. Jesus said in Mark 16, 15, he said, go. He said, go into all the world and proclaim the gospel to the whole creation. This is the mandate of the church. Who said go? Jesus said go. Will you go? Where will you go? Now I want to share a, a couple of points here with you. I want to share about the wrong way to go. I've learned many things about how to do this the wrong way. I could tell you some funny stories, but I'm not going to do that this morning. Um, number one, do not go in your own power. Do not go in your own power. Ephesians 3.7. Ephesians 3.7 says this, of this gospel, 
I was made a minister according to the gift of God's grace, which was given me by the working of whose power? Of his power. Did you know that you have received the Holy Spirit? That the Holy Spirit dwells in you? And that the primary purpose for which the Holy Spirit was given to the church was that the church might be empowered for mission. Go, but do not go in your own power. Don't go in your own strength. Don't go in your own wisdom. Be like Paul. Be humble. And say, I'm least. I'm least of all the saints. And trust in the power of his spirit to give you what you need to be his witness. The wrong way to go. Alone. Alone. Don't go alone. Don't go alone. Ephesians 3, 8 through 10 says, To me, though I am the very least of all the saints, this grace was given to me to preach to the Gentiles the unsearchable riches of Christ and to bring to light for everyone what is, what is the plan of the mystery hidden for ages in God who created all things. And then he says this, this clause, so that through the church... Through the church, the manifold wisdom of God might be made known to rulers and authorities in heavenly places. Don't go alone. Remain connected to the ministry of the local church. Church, in the Greek, is ecclesia. It means an assembly. It's a group of people. I'm not saying every conversation about Jesus needs the accompaniment of another Christian. In my opportunities of witnessing, I almost always have conversations one-on-one -on -one with people. What I'm saying is, is that every believer needs the support, every believer needs the prayers, and every uh, believer needs the encouragement of a local congregation. Because the mission of the church is carried out from the local congregation to the world. So the church will sustain you and encourage you as you bring this epiphany to your neighbors. Jesus never intended us to operate solo. Did you know that even the Lone Ranger had somebody to help him? Who helped the Lone Ranger? Yes. And then number three, so first of all, do not go in your own power. Don't go alone. And don't go expecting receptive ears. <laughs> do not expect everybody to, to receive this message. Ephesians 3, 11 through 13, this was according to the eternal purpose that he has realized in Christ Jesus our Lord in whom we have boldness and access with confidence through faith in him. So I ask you not to lose heart that I am suffering. Why did Paul suffer? Why did he suffer? Because he proclaimed the message of the cross and of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. That's why he suffered. People did not receive the message. So... Two points here. Um, if you're always offending people in your witness, you're probably doing it wrong. 
If everywhere that you go and, and everybody that you witness to, you're causing offense, you're probably doing it wrong. We know that Paul was received by many people. He was received by many. So if you're always offending people, you're probably doing it wrong. You're, you're too abrasive in your approach. You're, you're too pushy. You're too preachy. I don't know if you've noticed it or not, but people don't like to be preached at. I still don't understand why people come and sit in church and have me preach at them every Sunday. <laughs> but people don't want to be preached at. Don't invade their personal space and cause offense in ways that you don't need to cause offense. So if you're always offending people in your witness, you're probably doing it wrong. And if you're never offending people, if you're never offending anyone in your witness, you're probably doing it wrong too. The message of the gospel, the message of the cross will always be an offense. It always will be. So we need to live with a realistic expectation that we will be rejected by people because of the message of the gospel, because of the message of the cross. Now today, we're gonna, I'm going to show you a short video today. It's probably going to be a little wonky because we're just not, I'm not I, the people back there are very tech savvy, but I'm not. But it will be up on the screen for you, and we've tested the volume, so hopefully everything works out well. But there is a man uh, who now lives in Colorado, and I am absolutely fascinated with his life. Uh, he holds the Guinness Book of World Records title for the longest continuous walk. He has walked through every major country and island in the nation. But here's the catch. Carrying a cross. And as he goes, and he, he was given this unique call back in 1969 in Hollywood, California, where he served as a pastor. First of all, it was to walk across the country, and then he just kept walking. And he goes carrying the cross. He goes sharing the good news of the gospel. He's even been in every Muslim country, even North Korea. So I have a short video today which gives you a little glimpse into his ministry. In this video, he talks about his mission. And there are some clips of him carrying the cross in New York City. And I want you to take note of how people respond. Ask yourself, is there a longing for the message of the gospel in people today? Look into their eyes. I believe that the eyes are a window into the soul. Look into their eyes and see how he interacts with people who do not know Jesus, even people of different languages and ethnicities. Let's go ahead and watch the video now. Now, for the sake of full disclosure, I've known Arthur for most of my life. Yet even to me, he's always seemed something of an enigma, disappearing on the road for months, even years, then suddenly popping back home like a faithful hound dog who's been foraging through the woods. It had been nearly 20 years since I last saw or had even spoken 
to Arthur Blessed when we bumped into each other this past summer. He had just gotten back from Zanzibar, where I was surprised to hear that he had finally completed his mission of carrying the cross through every nation, major inhabited island group, and territory in the entire world. And for the first time, the enormity of what Arthur had been doing all of these years made a real impact on me. I soon found myself kind of wanting to follow him around with a camera, wanting to discover what made this guy tick. Arthur, are you really making a difference? And why does it have to be a big, giant cross? I, I remember carrying the cross out in the Jordan Desert before the first Gulf War when the refugees were fleeing out of Kuwait through Iraq. Many of them had been robbed. Others had had everything taken from them and raped and terrible stories. What's our message? We don't have food. We don't have, I mean, what can we give them? And I would stand and say, God knows your name. God knows where you are. They needed that message as much as they needed food to eat or a passport home. They related, God cares for you. And Jesus suffered. And he lost everything. You've lost everything. But through his suffering, his death at the cross, then we're made rich by his mercy and grace. And they would sit there crying and smiling. Hello there, sirs. Give you a little card there that Thank reminds you. us that God cares for us, that He loves us. I believe that. Yes, yes. I believe it when I see it. I believe it. Amen. I do too. <laughs> I don't believe there is a God. So, what motivates you every day? Staying alive. And then when, whenever that day comes, because we're all getting older, uh, when our last heartbeat comes, then what, what do you think? I think just like when you go to sleep and you don't dream, that's the rest of your life right there. Not dreaming, just gone, you're gone. Do you believe in Jesus? I believe in God. Yeah, yeah. He loves you. He cares for you. But I am still hungry, you know. I have nothing to eat. Like the homelessness, the drug addicts, and all the around here. It's just talking about that. Can I give you one of those? God bless you, friend. Jesus knows your name. He loves you. He cares for you. He can give you a new life. That's why he died on the cross. For hope. For a peace that passes all understanding. At the cross, Jesus knew one day you'd be sitting on this rail in the park. And he sent me by with the cross to remind you to follow him. That he loves you. And not to give up. Let the anger go and let the joy of God come in. Jesus Christo.
Entra mi corazón. Perdona mi pecados. Controla mi vida. Father, I lift up her son. We trust him into the care of Jesus, knowing that all power is in your hand. We pray for your comfort in our heart with the loss of this precious child. But may the love of God and the peace of God fill her life and his work and his modeling and his travels and his safety. And I pray that you would turn everything around in his life beginning this week in Jesus' name. Would you say, Lord Jesus? Lord Jesus, come into my heart. I want to know you. I want to know you. I want to be with you. Would you pray with me, Richard, and say, Dear God, would you do that, Richard? Dear God, I need you. I open my heart. Come in, Jesus. I've had the cross on my arm, but I want it in my heart. Make me a new man. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. One of the most important missions I think that I've had in this 40-year journey has been reinterpreting the cross. For centuries, Muslims have been in conflict with the cross. And yet, I carried the cross openly in every Muslim nation on earth. Through the smile, through the love, through the message that at the cross, the worst of man met the best of God and that God cares for us, they saw it in a new way or I wouldn't be alive today. This I know, why the Bible tells me so. They don't want to give me love, they are weak, <laughs> a lot of times I've walked into a village the gospel has power the gospel is more powerful than than anything we can imagine and uh, I don't think any of us here are literally called to carry a literal cross around Linwood and Edmonds and this area, but he's called us to bring the message of the cross. Because when the message of the cross is revealed, when it's made known, the entire direction of a person's life is changed. Did you see the, the look in that man's eyes? sitting on that rail in New York City, the epiphany came to him. The realization of Christ came to him. So this is epiphany. This is epiphany. Christ revealed to Magi, mysterious men from the East. And every day is to be epiphany in an unbelieving world. Christ being revealed to every ethnicity of the earth through the message of his church, through your message in everyday life. So I ask you today, will you go? Will you share? Will you reveal Christ to a world hungering for the gospel? Will you say there is a door? 
And if any man enter, if any person enter, if they enter in through faith in Jesus Christ, they enter into every promise that is given to us in the gospel. Life, healing, peace, joy, salvation for eternity. Let us pray together. Heavenly Father, we thank you and we praise you for your goodness and your faithfulness to us today. And I do pray, Lord, that you would do this good work in our hearts. Knowing, Heavenly Father, that the message of the gospel has not worn out. It is still the message that an unbelieving world is longing for. Thank you for revealing the reality of yourself to us through the word of the gospel. Thank you for speaking to our hearts by your Holy Spirit, that we would be born again into a new and a living way. Thank you for filling us with your Holy Spirit, filled so that we can be empowered to go and to bring this epiphany, to reveal Christ, to reveal the gospel to others. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.